Welcome to the Dreadcast. I'm Donovan Dread. In this episode, we're going to hear stories from six different people describing their very odd and strange encounters with the supernatural. But before we get into the stories, check out dreadsarmy.com for daily news of the strange and weird. Now here's the stories. I was a special agent with the FBI for over 12 years at the time. I worked in the field and at headquarters. I've seen and heard some very strange things, but nothing that would make me question my sanity until now. We had a few people working a case in the Midwest when I was called in for backup to do surveillance of an area where suspicious activity was happening. It really didn't have anything to do with the main case we were working on, but something happened where we needed a surveillance team in place. The main team was investigating a group of individuals who were laundering money. However, some very strange things started happening during the investigation. They were laundering money through several local small businesses, and the main team was trying to find out where the money was coming from and who was giving it to them. The money started showing up in a few banks in the area, and we were able to track some of it back to a couple of businesses that were owned by one man. He had several businesses that he owned, but this particular business was an auto repair shop. We had been watching him for a while when things started happening around his property. We had a 24-hour surveillance team in place to track a few different individuals, when at night they started noticing something that wasn't natural. Now, I didn't believe this until I saw it with my own eyes. Actually, this is the reason why I was called in. So my partner and I were in a separate location from the main team with night vision on. We were monitoring this auto repair shop. Now this is in the Midwest. It was a small town and the auto shop was just outside of town. The property backed up to some woods and there were several trails that went through the woods. There were two large trees on either side of this driveway that went to the auto shop and it looked like one had been struck by lightning at some point. We were across the street on the other side of the property. We had parked about a half mile up the road to this old pull-off spot where there was this Mexican food truck that was open during the day. A little side note, I do remember they had the most amazing buffalo chicken burritos. Anyways, my partner and I are there with our night vision on, and it's about 11 p.m. at night. We are monitoring the field behind the auto shop because this is where the main team had reported something very strange going on a few nights before my partner and I flew out. From one side of the property to the other is about 200 yards. In total, it's about a three to four acre property that this auto repair shop is sitting on. On the right side of the property, in the woods, I see what looks like these glowing eyes. At this point, I couldn't make out what it is. It could have been a deer, a black bear, or anything really. However, it wasn't something small like a dog or a cat. The next thing I see is this thing with these glowing eyes take off and sprint from one side of the lot to the other in about eight seconds. Now keep in mind that this field is about 200 yards wide. That's over 50 miles per hour, and this thing was huge. I was tracking it from across the street. It looked like a bear-sized dog with a huge head. Had to be at least 300 pounds or so. About a minute later, this thing is now walking back to the other side of the field, dragging a deer with its left hand. It's literally walking upright in the darkness behind the auto shop, 
dragging a white-tailed deer with its left hand or claw. Unbelievable. You really do have to see it to believe it because I did not believe what the main team described to me when I first arrived. Like I said, this had nothing to do with the main case. However, we needed to rule out that it wasn't related in any way. I know it sounds like a stretch, but we're dealing with a very big case of money laundering here. The next day, I contacted local law enforcement and told them about what we had witnessed and how we need to be sensitive to the ongoing investigation. I worked with them for the next month trying to track down this thing, but we only saw it one other time. We eventually ended up busting the money laundering ring, or at least that portion of it, but we were never able to track down that animal again. In the first week of May 2020, I had a rather violent encounter with what I believe to be a dogman. Due to reasons that I will explain in my story, I'm not comfortable with giving my name or the details of exactly where this happened, although I am the main participant in this encounter. The experience was shared with a dozen or more people in one way or another. My hope is that one of the others that was there that night, who has more balls than I do, will hear this and be brave to come forward publicly, or at least release some of the pictures taken that night. Here we go. I'm a pretty normal guy living in the suburbs of Delaware on the border of southeastern Pennsylvania. I'm a lover of the outdoors, and in the past few years I have not had the time to really get out in nature like I should and get my much-needed dose of the natural world. In 2019, I opened up my own online business. My business struggled for the first year, but then due to the pandemic and the whole world being stuck at their home by their computers, my sales tripled the first half of 2020 and continues to blow up until this day. I have two kids who are now very responsible and trustworthy teenagers. My girlfriend is a nurse at a local hospital and is considered an essential worker, so the pandemic has kept her very busy. I turned 40 this year as well. And for the first time in my adult life, I had some time on my hands and I was itching to get away from civilization. I have an internet hotspot router built into my SUV. It works almost anywhere, no matter how remote. So with a laptop, I figured I could work from the road, take a few days to go fishing, breathe in some fresh air. Neither of my teenagers were interested in joining me. And like I said, my girlfriend was far too busy with work. So I took my best friend with me, a 120-pound pit bull lab mix named Pete. He makes a great camping dog. He's incredibly lazy, and I never have to worry about him running off to chase deer or anything like that. He will lay on his blanket next to the fire all day and all night, unless I make him head out with me. But as I've learned while camping with Pete, if coyotes, bears, or any other predators come around, he snaps out of his laziness and protects camp. Despite his easygoing demeanor, Pete is pretty intimidating, as he's 120 pounds of solid muscle with no fat, which always blows my mind because of how lazy and inactive he really is. I try to go camping at least once a year, and when I do, I usually rough it with a small tent and whatever else I can carry on my back. This time, I decided I wanted to have as many comforts of home and really pamper myself. So I hitched my 10-foot enclosed cargo trailer to my very large SUV. 
I filled it with all the things I would want to be really comfy. I brought my full-size backyard grill, a 12 by 12 pop-up canopy, an air mattress, two large coolers full of food, and a fancy six-person tent. The campground I decided to go to is a large one, and it is mostly used by the RV kind of crowd. But on the far end, right next to the best fishing area, they have half a dozen or so just plain old campsites. No power or water hookups. My campsite was bordered by about 50 yards of thick woods that separated my camp from a large, fast-moving stream that is well known to be one of the best trout fishing spots in the entire state. On the other side of the stream is this steep mountainside covered in rock overhangs and small caves. It is a beautiful area and I love falling asleep to the sound of the water. I set up the camp so that my SUV trailer and pop-up canopy make sort of a U-shape and block most of the view into my area from all the rest of the campers. I rented my campsite for a full week, starting on Friday, May 1st, which was the first day the state opened up the state parks and campgrounds to the public since the pandemic shut down in March. I arrived at the campground about midday on Friday. The place was packed. I spent most of the day getting my campsite set up and getting to know my temporary neighbors, cooking ribeye steaks, burgers, and vegetables on the grill. The weather in central Pennsylvania in early May time is pretty much perfect, so I decided to sleep in the tent each night with Pete and turn my trailer into my mobile office, where I kept my computer, internet goods, mailing packages, and even a printer for printing postage. This way I could work an hour or so each morning, get my orders packed up, and drive 20 minutes to the nearest town every few days to get my orders shipped out. I remember thinking that I wish I could convince my girlfriend and kids just to sell everything and move into the woods just like this. The weekend was crazy busy at the campground, and the creek was lined with fishermen as far as the eye could see. So I decided to do some hiking and explore into the vast surrounding wilderness with Pete. Instead of fighting 10 people for the same fishing spot, it felt great to get out to where I belong, the woods. But to be honest, when you camp in Pennsylvania, you should expect to get rained on quite regularly. On the afternoon of Sunday, May 3rd, the campground cleared out fast. And by sundown, there were only a few active campsites left. I had gotten to know the two guys in the campsite directly next to mine. So we hung out for a few hours every night while I drank some hot tea and they smoked joints like they were cigarettes. And needless to say, they were always hungry and seemed pleased to have me next door with my full-size grill and enough food to feed a small army. For the next few days, I worked online. I fished the creek and explored the mountains of the area on foot with my dog. We also just liked to walk around the campsite itself, stop to talk with scattered campers who were there during the weekdays. On Tuesday afternoon, a few of them told me about a black bear who had made his way into the more accessible side of the campground and even raided their campsites the night before. This had me a little concerned because I had a full-size grill just sitting out in the open at my camp and had been cooking delicious food for days on end. I debated putting the grill inside of my enclosed trailer at night, but sadly, laziness got the best of me and I left it out. Central Pennsylvania has a rather large black bear population. I was already aware of this, 
So at night, I slept with a Mossberg Maverick 88, a 12-gauge shotgun loaded with buckshot in the tent with Pete, just in case a rogue bear posed a danger to us. I had forgotten to pack my Ruger Redhawk 44 Magnum for hiking. So while out in the woods, I had to rely on my Smith & Wesson Shield 45 ACP that I already had on my hip when we left home. It wasn't ideal, but I figure it was better than nothing. On the night of Tuesday, May 5th, my new friends and I cooked up some delicious barbecued chicken thighs, baked beans, and some baked potatoes wrapped in aluminum foil in my fire pit. They produced a small bottle of vodka as well, and we made a few orange soda spiked drinks to go with our fancy campsite dinner. All the food and drinks combined with too much fun had us worn out a little early. So we parted ways and got ourselves prepared to crash for the night. A night that would prove to be the most terrifying night of our lives. About 10 p.m., I loaded four shells of buckshot into my shotgun, got my tent all squared away, and lied down in the tent next to my dog on his bed and blanket. I put some citizen journalist news on my phone, put one headphone in my right ear and kept my left ear clear to listen to my surroundings and to enjoy the sounds of nature. My tent was pitched close to the tree line, with the rear of the tent facing the woods. The noise of the frogs and insects at night was super loud and is kind of like a song that puts me to sleep better than any lullaby ever could. The next thing I remember is waking up. My eyes popping open to some kind of hollow, metallic noise outside my campsite. I lie there perfectly still with my heart slamming from a quick spike of adrenaline, flooding all of my veins. Then a bang. I heard the lid on my grill slam shut. I had stuck a fairly bright solar-powered motion light to the side of my trailer that lit up my small U-shaped courtyard area of vehicles and tents. My tent was facing the open part of the U and I could see that my motion light was on and someone or something was moving around my camp, casting shadows as it went. I looked at Pete to my right. He was still lying down, but his head was up and his eyes were big as ping pong balls. He was clearly hearing what I was, but found it strange that he was silent. It was then when I noticed that I couldn't hear the usual deafening noise of frogs and insects in the woods behind me. Whatever it was, it was breathing. Then I heard whatever it was breathing. It sounded like a large bear. I could hear it walking around. And then I heard it at my trailer pulling at the side door trying to get inside. So I sat up and I grabbed my shotgun. One thing about black bears is that they are not the bravest animals, and any man-made noise will almost make them run for their lives. So I racked the slide of my shotgun as loud as I could and chambered a shell. Instead of running off, the creature stopped moving and went silent. I could just feel the fear building up inside of me, as I pretty much held my breath and listened. To my horror, it, whatever it was now, began walking towards my tent. It was then I saw its shadow take shape as it drew closer. It was on two feet and apparently huge. I sat there in terror and disbelief as it came right up to the front of my tent, breathing like a giant monster. I said out loud, Whoever you are, I have a 12-gauge pointed right at you, 
so you would better sound off who you are. Right then, it leaned forward right up to my tent and let out the most terrifying deep growl I've ever heard in my life. At that moment, Pete whined softly and cowered his head down. It was then that the shadow of its head was clearly visible. It had the head of a giant wolf with two pointed ears. As it was growling at me, I could hear my neighbors talking to each other. One of them shined a flashlight of the creature. When the light hit the side of the creature's face, I saw its eyes light up just like golden LED lights. It turned its face towards the flashlight and I could hear the man gasp and exclaim. Then it turned its attention back to me and growled again. I decided that if I didn't do something, this thing was going to kill us. So I lied back on my sleeping bag, took aim at the shadow of the monster's head, and pulled the trigger. What followed was complete and total pandemonium. The monster screamed and roared at the same time. It was like a death scream of a woman mixed with the roar of a big lion. Pete finally snapped out of his fear, jumped up, and began barking furiously. The thing ran off. And from what I could tell from the loud thump, it ran straight into my trailer. I clambered up, quickly unzipping my tent and poked my head outside to see. It got up on its feet and then ran right into the picnic table and did a flip onto the ground. It started grabbing its face and thrashing around. I could see that there was blood everywhere on the trailer. I jumped out of the tent while chambering another shell. I aimed it as best as I could with my entire body shaking violently, and right as it started to get up, I shot at it a second time. I'm not entirely sure that I hit it with the second shot. It stood straight up and I pumped the gun and shot again. The third shot dropped it again. I was so terrified and taken back by how tall it was when it stood up that I tripped over my own feet falling backwards. Just then, I hear more gunfire erupting behind me, turning to see my neighbor unloading a large revolver into this werewolf-looking thing that may be 20 yards away. The creature was on its side and was kind of running in circles on the ground, gurgling and spraying blood everywhere. As it was doing this death spiral on the ground, it was moving closer to me. So I tried to pump the gun again and was shaking so bad that it took three attempts before the last shell even chambered. I just pointed the shot without aiming and could see the hump on the back of its neck rip open, spraying flesh everywhere. I was really close to it at this point. The monster stopped flipping out and its limbs were twitching. While its head remained fully animated and flopping back and forth, at least for another 10 seconds. I crawled quickly back away from it and tried to stand up. I realized that once I stood up, that I had been holding my breath the entire time. And when I went to get on my feet, my vision started to go black and I fell over again. My new friend ran up and grabbed my arms and began pulling me hard backwards, away from the monster. I stood up, shaking badly, and I looked at the guy with the revolver. His eyes were huge and full of terror. When I began looking around, at least five other people were showing up there with this same wild eye expression. I saw that at least three of them had come over with their guns. People were yelling, asking each other what happened, and checking to see if I was injured. I had blood on my clothes and face. It all happened so quickly. 
but as is often told by people facing traumatic events, it appeared like it was slow motion. My dog was still barking, going crazy, so I did my best to calm him down. When I hugged him, he was shaking as much as I was. Before long, a small crowd had formed and people were on their cell phones calling 911. After a minute or so, a few guys and I approached the thing as it lay there, still occasionally twitching. We all stood over it saying, what is that thing, over and over. Eventually, we all started saying, it's a werewolf. In disbelief, all at once, people began taking pictures with their phones. Mine was still in the tent. The wolfman was dead. The top half of its head was basically gone, including both of its eyes and the top of its snout. I assumed that it was the first shot that I made from the tent. The front of its neck was completely shredded, and the back of its neck was missing a large chunk of meat. Other than that, it was pretty much impossible to see. Other than that, it was pretty much impossible to see the other injuries it had sustained as it was completely covered from head to toe with blood. But we were all pretty sure that it had taken a buckshot or a 357 Magnum to the chest as well. There was a small river of blood running through the camp, right past my tent, from the puddle that surrounded this beast. Yeah, there was a lot of blood. It was on its side, and after a few minutes, we summoned the courage to grab some big sticks and flip it onto its back. It had these dog-like legs, these weird-shaped paws with a kind of a small heel for feet. Looking back, I'm impressed that it was able to balance such a big, heavy body on two small feet. It had really skinny lower legs and pretty thick upper legs. It had arms pretty much like a human with long fingers that had filthy-looking claws, roughly four inches long. I noticed it was missing the top half of a finger from the battle. This thing had a stench around it that was unbearable, like feces or fermented dog urine. Although its head strongly resembled that of a huge dog, the teeth did not. Its upper and lower jaws supported nothing but interlocking sharp teeth, like those of a crocodile. No sharp molars in the rear of its mouth like normal dogs have. Then the second wave of terror hit us all at once. The howling and multiple creatures sounded off in the direction of the mountain just behind the creek. That's when my blood ran cold and I could see the same big-eyed look go over everybody's face. We all knew exactly what it was. We also knew that it meant we might be in big trouble. I ran to my tent and clumsily loaded my shotgun full of five rounds and grabbed my forty-five as well, clipped it to my side inside my waistband also grabbing my phone. All of the sudden, everyone was done looking at the werewolf and was looking at each other and into the woods in the direction that the howling came from. The numerous howls kept up for a few minutes and to our relief seemed to be getting further and further away. The police, game wardens, and paramedics all showed up at once. I could see from the flashing lights that they had blocked the entrance to the campground up the hill, off in the distance. The cops were just as surprised and freaked out as we were when they first saw the creature. The two game wardens looked worried and not surprised. They told everyone not to take any pictures and made everybody clear the general area. The wardens were both on their phones almost the whole times from then on. 
The paramedics cleared everyone and tried to get me to agree to go to the hospital to get checked out. I refused. The only injury that I had was to my hearing, as I was now half deaf for a few days from all the gunfire and noise. The paramedics were also very silent, looking worried, much like the game wardens, like they knew something. The police took my shotgun and the revolver from my neighbor. They let me keep my forty-five. They made everyone else put their guns away, and anyone who was there was rounded up for questioning. Everybody was told to stay off their phones, which wasn't much of a problem as only a few people's phones ever got any signal anyway at that campground. When I asked the game warden what was going on, what that thing was, they told me they did not know, but that it looks like some kind of mutated bear or large unknown canine. A few hours later, an SUV fully black loaded with guys showed up. They were all carrying large Glocks, dressed in cargo pants and t-shirts. They immediately took me and the others who were involved aside and began questioning us. They told me that they were there with the federal fish and game, and they were very interested in the howling we heard after the battle occurred. They must have asked me like ten times where it was how close it sounded, and what it sounded like. They also told me about a dozen times that I was not to tell anybody what had happened, and that they would get to the bottom of things and find out what I had encountered. They told me to tell anyone who asked about my trailer that I had to shoot an aggressive black bear. I assume they told my neighbor and anybody else who was on the scene to say the same thing. They made us open our phones and go through our photos delete the pictures we took one at a time. They also told me that if any pictures were to come out of the creature, that it would spell trouble for anybody who has them. They threatened me with all kinds of trouble if this got out. They did not try to pretend that I was seeing things. They point blank and politely asked me not to talk about it and to lie about the trailer damage. It was about 4 a.m. at this time, and the officials had already gotten to everybody in the campground, and I assume the other people were told it was a bear and made to pack up and get ready to go. They said it was not safe and they had to close the campground until they were sure it was fully safe. After the remaining pieces of the dogman were bagged and tagged, a small fire truck was brought in, and all the blood was hosed off my trailer, vehicle, the tables, and everything else. Then a few guys wiped down my trailer and vehicle with soapy water. Regular old duct tape was put over the holes in my trailer, and they took my tent, my bloody clothes, my bloody slippers as evidence along with my shotgun. Right before I left, they gave me back my shotgun, wiped down, and unloaded. They told me to fill my tank at the closest town and drive straight home without stopping. They were serious. They repeated this three times. Since all of this, I have learned everything that I can about what I've encountered. I listened to Dogman and Wolfman encounter stories day and night, and that is how I came across your channel. I figured it only made sense to reach out to you. I'm amazed that the authorities are able to keep such a noisy event with so many witnesses under wraps. I've been searching for anybody who came forward or anything about the campground closing in the news. Nothing. I don't even know if anybody has been silenced. Look, I'm not interested in putting myself out there to the public. And truth be told, I'm almost as scared of the agents as I am that dog man. But all in all, 
They seem genuinely concerned for my well-being. I have some advice for anybody who decides to camp overnight in the wilderness of Pennsylvania. Bring some decent firepower with you. And your dog, too, if you have one. 